What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody's having a good day. Of course. I hope this makes your day, you know? Because it makes my day that at least somebody listens. I know a few people listen, but it makes my day that you guys listen to this. Um, Again, a shock rib UFC 285. We got Bellator this weekend. You got UFC this weekend. You also got Power Slap. Are you guys excited for that? Yeah, I'm indifferent to it. Of course, it's going to be on Rumble. So look into that. But that's all I got for you guys. I don't have a cool story this week or nothing. That's all I got. Peace, guys. Remember, follow me. Punch them out official on Instagram. Official underscore PITM on Twitter. Deuces later. Punch the Mouth Podcast. I'm Adrian. Episode 92. Here we go. What a crazy weekend, right? John Jones returns. He wins the heavyweight belt. Valentina Shevchenko loses the women's flyweight belt. Cody Garbrandt comes back in the winning column. Comes back, gets back. Sorry. Ian Machado Gary. He's he's next, man. He's next. He's not going to fight for the title right away, right? But. He's next. And when will people start realizing that? Uh, we got Bellator this weekend. We got a good UFC fight night this weekend. What I'm wondering is what's going to go on first is UFC fight night because I'm reading that it's gonna the main card starts at 3. So is it going to start at 3 to end by 5? So everybody c- can go on Rumble and watch the finals for Power Slap. Because Dana's gun-ho about making this thing work. He is gun-ho about making this work. And stuff like that. I even get press releases about Power Slap. Okay. Talk about press releases. That's where we're going to start today. We're going to go here. I have it here. The cast for the Ultimate Fighter has been revealed. The men's bantamweights will be Mondo Gutierrez, Trevor Wells, Carlos Vera, Rico DiShulo, Cody Gibson, Timur Valiv, Hunter Azur, Brad Katona, and this guy, Brad Cantoni, is from Dublin, Ireland, so I bet you he's going to be on Connor's team. Men's lightweights will be Anthony Kionis, Aaron McKenzie, Nate Jennerman, Lee Hammond, again, a guy from Dublin, Ireland, Austin Hubbard, Roosevelt Roberts, I was, I'm a big fan of this guy, Kurt Hollenberg, and Jason Knight. Now, Jason Knight. Is the guy that fought Artem Lobal twice in bare knuckle and once lost and then he beat Artem in the rematch. So I guarantee you, look, right now looking at this, I bet you Brad Katona and Lee Hammond and Jason Knight, they're all on Connor's team. I guarantee you they're all on Connor's team. And I bet you this guy, Timur Valiev, is going to be on Mike Chandler's team just because he's Russian. Bet. I bet you guys. And of course, um, over the weekend, they filmed a scene for Roadhouse, the Jake Gyllenhaal remake. He weighed in. And for those people that don't know, the guy he fights in the movie is an actual MMA fighter. I believe he's retired at this point. 
but it's Jay Haran. Jay Haran was around the, the time GSP was coming up. GSP actually fought him, I believe, in his second fight in the UFC. Let's see, I'll, I'll look that up for you. But they fought in the UFC when they were both hot prospects. So it's good to see him making something out of what Dana calls the opportunity of MMA. Because Jay Haran, after he got cut from the UFC, he went to Bellator back when Bellator was still doing the tournament. He won the tournament and the prizes to fight the champion of that weight class. He was in, in the 170 weight class and the champion at the time was the um, one and only Ben Askren. So let's see. I should just... Yeah, he fought Jay Haran in his second UFC fight after he beat Carl Parisian because he fought Pete Spratt at TKO 14 Road Warriors. And then he fought Carl Parisian for his UFC debut at UFC 46. I'm talking about George St. Pierre here. He fought Jay Haran at UFC 248. Oh, Jay Haran, he retired in the UFC. Let's see. Haran was expected to face Jake Ellenberger in a rematch on September 1st, 2012 at UFC 251, replacing an injured Josh Koscik. However, the UFC 151, I said 251, I meant 151. 151 event was canceled. Ellenberger and Haran took place on October 5th, 2012 at UFC on FX5. Haran lost via unanimous decision. Okay. Haran was expected to face Eric Silva. That guy, Eric Silva, was the man, bro. Too bad that he couldn't cut it. Wait, what happened? I was reading something, bro. Oh, it went all the way down. Ron was expected to face Eric Silva on February 2nd, 2013 at UFC 156. However, Silva pulled out of the belt, citing an injury, and was replaced by promotional newcomer, the one and only Tyrone Woodley. He lost the fight via KO punches in round one and subsequently released from the promotion. On March 7th, 2014, Haran announced his retirement from MMA competition. I mean, yeah, he went on a crazy win streak, right? So, he fought for the IFL after they're getting kicked out of the UFC the first time, right? He fought for the IFL for a while, and then he did like a one-off with Super Fights MMA, and then he fought in Affliction, and then he fought for Strike Force for a little bit, and then he signed a a deal with Bellator where he beat where he won the tournament and then he loses to Ben Askren and then he went and fought in Legacy he won there and then he lost twice in the UFC but it's good to see Jay Haran doing movies I'm happy for him like it's sad right when you see like these MMA fighters and like they have no money like for one Jens Pulver was one for a while and then he found the Twitch stream like he says I wasn't happy where my life was it's sad, man. It's sad, but luckily, Jay's doing movies, and I don't know how big, because I've never seen the original Roadhouse, but from what people are saying online is that the guy Jake Gyllenhaal is playing, he's an over-aggressive fighter that gets kicked out of the organization. I believe in this, the original one, it's um boxing, but right here, it's the UFC, right? So that he gets kicked out of the organization. So we shall see how big Jake's, not Jay, Jay Haran's um, role in this movie is. I'm excited, man. Will I watch the movie? I don't know. I honestly, because me and movies, we don't really get along. Not that we don't get along, but I don't 
see the point in going to see them in the theater window eventually. I could watch But that's just me in the comfort of my own home. But okay. Okay. Let's move on. UFC 285. Johnny Bones versus Cyril Bonhaming Gain or Gone. However you John John defeats Cyril Gone. Guillotine choke. Round 1, 204. The shocker of the night, Alexa Grasso defeats Valentina Chevchenko. Face crank round four at 434. Shavka Ragmanov defeats Jeff Neal. Standing rear naked choke round 3, 417. Mateusz Gamra defeats Jalen Turner. Split decision 29-28 for Gamra. 28-29 for Turner and 30-27 for Gamera. Here's my problem with that fight. I don't have a problem that Gamera won, right? Like, that's not my problem. My problem is, how did one judge give him three rounds? Because to me, to me, Jalen Turner won this fight. The reason I'm not screaming the way I was for the Volk fight, because at least when Gamera took him down, he was hitting him. Okay? That, like... I honestly had it 29-28 for Jalen Turner across the board because he did more damage on the feet in the first two rounds than what Mateusz Gamera did on the ground in those two rounds. Like, he rocked Mateusz Gamera. And officially, on all three judges' scorecard, on two of them, they gave Jalen the first round because one judge decided to give 30-27 to Mateusz Gamera. I don't know how. I don't know how, but okay. Bo Nickel defeats Jeremy Pickett. We're going to go over my picks because I did very well. I wasn't perfect, but I did very well. But Bonico, low blow, Jeremy Pickett, okay? I saw it. And, like, the way he reacted is not when you, the way you react when you're hurt. Because when you're hurt, you're like, oh. But the way he reacted is like, dude, he hit me low and it really hurt. It was a low blow, okay? The ref, the refs were off that night. Because I'm even very critical of... Uh, I was going to say Jay Haran. What's that guy's name? Of the ref that ref Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Chevchenko. What's his name? Fuck, I can't remember his name. And I really like him. Jason Herzog. Jason, I got it, I got it. Jason Herzog. He really messed up, but we'll get into that later. But yeah, man, the refs were off that night. Cody Garbrandt defeats Trevor Jones. The 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 Chris Duplices defeats Derek Brunson. Amanda Hebas defeats Viviani Arojo. Mark Andre Paralot defeats Julian Marquez. Ian Machado Gary defeats Song Kenan. Cameron Sayaman defeats Diomana Martinez. Tabitha Ricci defeats Jessica Penny. And okay, that, that's enough. So, okay, we're going to go over the picks now. So, my first pick of the night was Tabitha Ricci to defeat Jessica Penny. I got that right. Ian Gary defeated Song Kenan. I got that right. Where I, my first hiccup was Mark andre Barolot versus Julian Marquez. I picked Marquez to win. I got Amanda Hebas versus Viviani Arrojo right. I got Decrees Duplices versus Derek Brunson. I got Cody Garbrandt versus Trevin Jones correct. I got Bo Nickel. Versus Jeremy Pickett, correct? I, again, I think Jalen won, but it doesn't matter what I think. Mateusz Gamrod defeated him, so I got that one wrong. 
I got Jeff Conrad Mata versus Jeff Neal correct. Um, I believe this messed up everybody. I picked Valentino over Alexa Grasso, and I got John Jones versus Cyril Gunn correct. So I went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got I went nine for two because I only did eleven fights, and I only got, missed two. Wait, no, 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 I missed three. So I went eight and three. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Wait, did I? Let's see. I got this one wrong and yeah yeah eight and three i'm sorry so that all together brings me to let me see i got the two picks i did for the aaron blanchfield card right andre muniz lost but so that brings me to three and one and then eight and three so nine ten eleven so right now for the whole year i for all the cards that have happened pitm is 11 and four overall now we got eight fights for two different cards this weekend that we got picks on. That's going to be revealed on Thursday. Or, yeah, 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 Thursday. But let's go back here to Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Shevchenko. Where Alexa was having a lot of success is when she would exchange with Valentina. And I don't know if, because like I've said, Valentina is getting up there in age. I don't know if just... The game is always going to win. I've said this many times and other other journalists will tell you the same thing. Time is undefeated. They're always going to win because either the competition gets better and you get slower or you just get passed up because Ronda was very young when she retired. But because her skill set was very limited and at the time she was coming up, everybody else's skill set was at the same level. She was the best. But as younger fighters kept coming up, getting better, you get left behind. So when they would exchange, Valentina would lose. She lost the first round. But she was winning the rest of the rounds. She was winning the rest of the rounds. If she would have kept jabbing Alexa, she would have won this fight. But she kept doing spinning kicks for whatever reason. And then you don't know if she gets hurt, right? Like, you don't know if she gets hurt. And another thing, I don't know if what's catching up with her is, you know how she tends to move around a lot? Like, she went to train in Japan for this fight. Can you tell me the level of training you can get in Japan for a, for a fighter of Alexa Grasso's caliber? I mean, we saw her last fight against Tyler Santos. She was struggling, but we're like, oh, it's because she didn't want to get caught in Tyler's jiu-jitsu. But she was winning this fight, okay? She was winning this fight. If she would have stuck with the jab, a kick to the body, she would have done that. She would have won the fight. But she exchanged with Tyler. I mean, I said, Alexa. And Alexa was catching her, and she felt confident. And then she made a mistake where Alexa capitalized, got her back, and choked her out. She was choking the heck out of her, man. Well, right here it says face crank, but, dude, her squeeze must have been tight because her face was red. And once Alexa let go, you see the white coloring and all the blood rushing back to her neck. She must have been going out like, dang, you got me, girl. But... There is news on this. There is news that Valentina is ready for the rematch. Here it says, Valentina Chevchenko is hoping for an immediate rematch with Alexa Grasso after a stupid situation led to her loss at UFC 285 this past Saturday. Definitely an immediate rematch because I know I was winning the fight, said Chevchenko in her post-fight interview with UFC color commentator Joe Rogan. In an upset of the year contender, Grasso submitted Chevchenko via fourth round rear naked choke. Once the former UFC flyweight champion found her rhythm, 
in the fight. She slipped up when she threw a spinning back kick that missed Grasso. The challenger moved forward, hopping on Shevchenko and applying the submission that forced her to tap. This is kind of like what happens in mixed martial arts, said Shevchenko. You're winning the fight all around, all three rounds, no doubt. Uh, not the first round, sorry. Sorry, Valentina, you know I love you, but I gotta be real. And a stupid situation can change the whole game. This is the part of the game. Congratulations to Alexa, and I know I'm stronger, and if not this spinning back kick, it would be a different result. I agree. If you would have stuck with your jab, you would have won. Indeed, Chipchenko was winning the fight, as all three judges had her ahead of Grasso 2-1 before the submission. Though frustrated after her loss, the bullet said she was excited to return and get my title back. Prior to her loss, Chipchenko was on a nine-fight winning streak. And another thing could be that it got into her head, right? Like, I'm just better than these girls. But now that I've lost, can that fire come back? And can she be the Chevchenko of old that head kicked? Um, what's that chick's name? Oh, I hate that I forget these names. Alexa, no, it wasn't Alexa Grasso, just beat her. Oh, I hate when this happens. Jessica I. Like, can she be that fighter again? Because she was winning, okay? And this is different from the Amanda Nunes loss to Juliana Pena because you could just visibly see Amanda was exhausted, whereas Alexa bested Valentina in this fight. And, like, people are saying, oh, they're going to do the immediate rematch. Valentina's going to run through her. I don't think so. Especially if they do this in Mexico, bro. They should have done this UFC 288 in Mexico. Is it 288? Let me see. 286 is right now in March. Yeah, it's going to be 288. It's the day after Cinco de Mayo, and they're doing it in New Jersey. They should have done this fight in Mexico and put all three of those titles on the line. Even if Volkanovski can't fight yet, be like, okay, go defend it against somebody. Or at least put Brandon and Alexa on the card because they're the quote-unquote undisputed champions, whereas Yair's just the interim champion. But they're doing it in New Jersey. Look, I just got the press release. Did I get rid of my email? I did, but I will get it. Of course, this card that I'm talking about is the one where Henry Cejudo is rumored to return against Aljamain Sterling at the Potential Center in New Jersey. And that's probably why they're doing it there because Aljo has roots in New York. UFC 288 marks the first event at the Potential Center since UFC Fight Night, Covington versus Lawler. Jesus, that was a long time ago. The famed arena has hosted a total of eight UFC events dating back to 2007 and has seen world championship belts featuring MMA icons including George St. Pierre, John Jones, Mauricio, Huha, and Uriah Faber. UFC 288 tickets will go on sale Friday, March 17th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and are available for purchase at Ticketmaster.com. So there's that. So again, I'm, I'm telling you, this is a quote from Dana. I'm excited to bring another massive pay-per-view back to New York, UFC President Dana White said. New Jersey has always been an ama amazing to the UFC. We have so many great events there, and I can't wait to go b bring a stack card to the city for UFC 288. And then, again, like I've said, the big fight that's officially announced right now is Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush. But they're still trying to see if they can get um, Henry Cejudo versus Aljamain starting for this card because I believe what they're waiting on is Aljo's because um, he got so shoulder surgery. I was going to say shoulder surgery. I don't know what the hell's wrong. <laughs> but shoulder surgery. 
And but hey, look, Kron Gracie, remember him? He's coming back. He's gonna fight Charles Jordan. Marina Rodriguez is coming back. She's fighting Vienna Jenderoba. Andre Petrovsky is gonna fight Armin Petrosian. Great card, man. I'm not gonna see it because I'm gonna be at Whitechapel. I'm excited. Excited. First concert of the year. Very excited. And they're playing my favorite album from start to finish. So let me know how it is. Bryce Mitchell, Thug Nasty is also coming back. He's gonna fight Jonathan Pierce. So we shall see, man. We shall see. So yeah, man. Like it's you know when I think this Alexa Grasso and Valentina Chipchain is gonna rematch will take place? It's gonna take place at UFC International Fight Week. And if they're smart, they put I don't know if you can stack it that high. Can we have the unification belt between Yair and Alex on that card too? Along with the heavyweight title fight and a flyweight fight? Or do you do it like I said, you do the heavyweight and the and the flyweight fight and then you save the unification belt for a later day and you put Brandon Moreno on it. Because I asked the UFC, I, I was going to tell you guys this. I asked the UFC, are you guys coming back to LA? Uh, LA. And the head, of, the head of PR told me, we don't have a LA date on the books right now, but our schedule change will we'll let you know. That's what it was told to me. So, I know they usually come in the summer into Orange County, but that doesn't seem to be the case this year. But we shall see, man. But they definitely should capitalize on this and go to Mexico since they have three champions. And I say three because Yair deserves to be called champion because he's going to fight the world champion to unify the belts. When they introduce his name, they're going to say the interim featherweight champion. So as far as I'm concerned, he's a fucking champion. Let's move on. So John Jones was apparently injured going into the fight with Sirogan. Let's see. Chell Sonnen seems to have been right about John Jones coming into UFC 285 with an injury. The American gangster caused some serious waves leading up to Jones' heavyweight debut by claiming Bones was clearly suffering from some sort of injury. His evidence, two episodes of the UFC Embedded that showed John in the pool. We can't confirm or deny whether Sonnen hit a bullseye with a specific with this specific prognization. But he was right. John Jones was injured coming into the fight against Cyril Gaon, and their injury was so bad it prevented the new UFC heavyweight champion from sparring. Fortunately, it didn't stop him from taking Gaon down and submitting him two minutes into the first round. Here we go. I was actually dealing with a slight injury before the fight and didn't really spar many times. Jones said at the UFC 285 post-fight press conference, I sparred a total of three times in this training camp. So my striking felt a little unfamiliar. I drilled a lot. I did a lot of smart drilling, but I didn't spar a lot. And so when I was out there, it was almost like I was trying to remember how to do it, fight on the feet for a moment. Thankfully, that didn't last for long. I was able to get my hands on gone, and that's something I've been doing my whole life. I've been wrestling and grappling my whole life. I feel like my jiu-jitsu is at an all-time high and my wrestling confidence is at an all-time high. And that just may be my style moving forward, getting away from kickboxing. I want to say brain cells and fighting on the ground is just a lot more advantageous. Okay. Okay. This probably explains why his physique looked the way it did. But dude, <laughs> what a beast. 
people in my personal life know my true feelings about John Jones. But what a beast. You sparred a total of three times and you still did what you did? What a beast. Like, if that's not the greatest fighter of all time, then I don't know what is. I mean, we've heard stories that he's partying the week of the fight. He's even admitted. He's like, dude, I would get blackout drunk before the fight to have a built-in excuse in case I lost. <laughs> and then I've also heard the story that John Jones barely trained for the first Gustafson fight, which was where we saw he had like a little struggle, but he still won the fight. Like, oh my God. What a beast. You don't have to like him, but you can't deny this guy is an absolute monster. He's a different breed, man. He is a different breed. Because you could see on the feet that he was a little... I don't like using the word scared, but tentative, I guess would be the word. And he would... So he went and took Cyril down. Like, Francis said something on his YouTube channel that I'm going to bring up right now. Look. Former heavyweight champion and current free agent, Francis Ngannou was surprised with John Jones' latest performance, but more importantly, doesn't believe the matchup against the new champ will ever happen. That is a shame. That is a shame. But I believe there's somebody out there that can convince Dana White otherwise. Ngannou was last seen in the UFC octagon at UFC 270, where he defeated Jones, UFC 285 opponent, former interim heavyweight champion, Cyril Gan, after an extensive recovery from knee surgery and failed negotiations for a new contract with the UFC and Ghana walked away from the promotion and potentially a massive fight against Jones. In the main event of UFC 285 at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Jones finally made his heavyweight debut fighting Gaon for the heavyweight title that was vacated in Ngannou's absence. The former champ was still very interested in the outcome of the fight. And watch the fight unfold live. And Ganu celebrated as Jones tapped Gan in the first round and then gave his thoughts on, on how the fight played out. I knew that if Jones showed up in good space mentally, not like his last two fights, he was going to prevail in, in this fight. But I didn't see this fight going this short, and Ganu said in his video posted on his YouTube channel. I think this fight could have been longer. I was surprised. Thought I was. It says, oh, I thought it said that. I was surprised. Though I was surprised the way the fight ended. And I think seeing Cyril's reaction, he was surprised as well because he wasn't even defending. He wasn't thinking that a submission could come from where he was. When Nganu fought Gan, the heavyweight-handed knockout artist, went with a successful yet never-before-seen wrestling attack. Despite the torn ligaments in his knee, that led Ngannou to believe that if he could do it, Jones could have no problem getting the fight to the mat. However, Ngannou did, did perceive Jones' approach in a different light. That was quite a great performance from Jones. Not very surprising because I knew if I could out-wrestle Cyril, John would be another story. He would have had a hard night if Jones could lay on him. But what I noticed is that John was rushing. Jones didn't want to give him space because I think he was afraid of something. Now look, okay, he's saying he was afraid of something, right? He didn't look in that great of a shape. He only sparred three times. And Francis goes on to hear maybe he'd get exhausted at some point and not be able to grab him, so he was chasing him for the first minute to grab him. That's smart, right? 
because if what Francis is saying is true, John was out of shape. He came in, I believe, a few pounds, either lighter or heavier than Cyril, 240-something, and he just choked him. Now, what's going to be interesting is if they keep this date of July for International Fight Week, John himself said, I'm going to come in better shape. You guys are going to see a different John. He better because Stipe will beat him. If this John Jones shows up that fought Cyril Gan, Stipe Miocic will beat him. Francis Ngannou will beat him. Like, people are saying that Francis is scared of John Jones. Stop it. Because remember when he fought Stipe, how he defended the takedown and knocked him out? You don't think he's going to do that to Jones? And then people saying, well, look at how he struggled against Cyril. Dude, he had a torn ligament in his knee. I'm surprised he was even able to walk, okay? I don't see why people are trying to dismiss Francis. And this is the narrative the UFC wants. The narrative the UFC wants is for people to dismiss Francis. Because he's not in the UFC, so he can't be the best. I was telling you, remember the story before the fight? If John Jones loses this fight, there's two winners. Cyril Gaon beat John Jones, and Francis Ngannou beat the UFC. But now, the UFC runs with the narrative, oh, the pound-for-pound gold is back. There's nobody better than him. There's going to be people like me. We're not the majority. But we're always going to be like, dude, what if that fight happens? And Francis can't. And, like, the story shouldn't be, Jones' skill in wrestling versus Francis' power. The story should be, Francis is a very skilled fighter because he has gotten skilled because remember those head kicks he was throwing when he was healthy? And the power that he has that Jones will not, like if Jones goes in there and stands with him, like it's a good thing he's saying, I'm going to change my approach and be more wrestling based now because I don't want to lose brain cells because he realizes these heavyweights catch him, it's over, okay? I mean, it because Dominic Reyes was tagging him and like Jones did not like the way it felt if one of these guys catches him it's over and look it goes on to say UFC president Dana White told reporters before and after the conclusion of UFC 285 that negotiations with Ngannou are completely over at this point he will never fight in the UFC again White also said Ngannou didn't want the fight against Jones which the former champ addressed fun fight a fight I'd like to have but unfortunately we're not there and Gunner said about fighting Jones. That fight didn't happen and will probably never happen now because he's on a long, very long contract with the UFC. So that's not happening anymore. Now, we, I will always maintain Friends is the best heavyweight, right? But if he goes to Bellator, I expect him to knock out Ryan Bader. If he, if he goes to PFL, I expect him to knock out Bruno Capiloza, Andre Diligia. I hope I said his name right. I expect these things. If he goes to one championship, I expect him. I don't even think Brandon Vera was the heavyweight champion. But because, uh, let's say Brandon Vera still is the heavyweight champion, I expect him to go knock out Brandon Vera. Like, the apex is, MMA-wise, like, I wish the thing would have been this. I, I wish it would have been this. Okay, Dana, let me go do this boxing fight, and then I'm going to come back. Let's sign a one-fight deal right now. You do Gon versus Jones. You, you let me do my boxing fight. And at the end of 2022, like he could have even told them this. Could have even told them this. You do Gunn versus Jones. And then the winner will fight Stipe in July. Hopefully July I have my boxing fight. And then at the end of the year or at the latest early next year, we do it. Francis Ngannou comes back to reclaim his throne. You could have done it. You could have done it. But the UFC has a certain way of doing business. You can't fault them for that. They've been very successful at it. So this weekend, you got Bellator 
opening round of the lightweight Grand Prix, we got Usman Nurmagomedov versus Benson Henderson, and you got Tofik Mosiah versus Alexander Shabli. And then on the 12th of May, you got Brett Primus versus Baranawi. And then to be determined, you got AJ McKee versus Patrick Yav. As Bellator is there any day for this fight, nobody's gotten back to me. So we shall see, man. We shall see. Hopefully they got something for, for us on Friday. I do have my four picks for this card on Friday. Um, so, yeah, just keep an eye out on that. Keep an eye out. But, yeah, Usman Nurmagomedov versus... Benson Henderson, I'm excited to see this fight. I'm more excited for the Dark Horse himself, Tofik Mozaev. Because if Tofik Mozaev wins, he's going to fight the winner of Patricky Pitbull or McKee. And a lot of people are banking on McKee to win this tournament. But dude, you got Usman Nurmagomedov over here. He's probably going to make the fight. But you got the Dark Horse himself, Tofik Mozaev. Like Tofik Mozaev. Versus McKee, that's going to be a crazy fight. I hope that is the semifinal fight. Can't wait. Can't wait. I'm so excited. So excited. And of course, Sydney Allah is out. So, Brett Primus will, will step in. So, there's that. That's Friday. And then, Saturday, what do we got? You got the return of the Siberian gangster, Peter Young. We'll take on Marab Valishvili. Alexander Volkov will take on Alexander Romanov. Nikita Krilov and Ryan Span will run it back at, at a catch weight of 215. Ricardo Ramos will fight Austin Lingo. Saeed Nurmagomedov will fight Jonathan Martinez. And in a good... Rafael Sensel will fight David Grant in the prelims. Ariane Lipsky will fight JJ Aldridge. This is a good card, man. I'm always excited when Saeed Nurmagomedov fights. Nikita Krilov, Ryan Span. That's going to be interesting. I, I wonder how Nikita recovered from his illness. Alexander Volkov versus Alexander Romanov. That's a great fight. And of course, Peter Jan versus Marab Dwalish, really. Now, what I wonder is, is this card on super early? So, let me see. Does it tell me at what time the main card starts? It says 3 p.m. What time does the slap binder start? Because I think that's why. Because... What I wonder is because the Peter Jan fight is fighting is happening at the Virgin's Hotel in Las Vegas. And then I believe this championship slap league is fighting at the A is is fighting is happening at the Apex. So I wonder if it ends at five. He, everybody rushes from the Virgin Hotel to the Apex to watch this. That's what I'm wondering. Power slap. That's what you see? You see look. All roads lead to Power Slap 1 finale Saturday, March 11th at 9 p.m. If I come over here, and let's say the main card starts at 3. Let's just say it starts at 3. Did I, why, why did it go away, though? The, it'll end by 5. I bet you Dana won't even show up to the press conference, and he's going to go straight to the Apex. 5, 5.30, it'll end the latest. That's what I think is going to happen. Now let's look at the UFC rankings and then we are out of here. Ooh, how are we on time? I feel like this one's been going on forever. Okay, yeah. Let's look at the UFC rankings and that'll be it for today. So now on the UFC's pound for pound rankings, John Jones has reclaimed the number one spot. Alexander Volkanovsky's number two. Islam's number three. Leon's number four. 
Kamaru's number five, Israel's number six. Alex should honestly be at least above Israel and Kamaru because he's champion. I believe if these pound for pound rankings have integrity, nobody should be above a champion if they're not a champion. And then that's when you get into the nitty gritty. So like Alex should at least be number five. And then how is Brandon below Charles Oliveira? Israel, like again, if you're champion, you should that should automatically have you above everybody that's non-champion, in my opinion. How is Jamal Hill 13 if he's champion? These rankings are weird, man. But John is the champion now, so he's number one. And then in the pound for pound for the girl, for the women, Amanda Nunes is number two. See, Alexis, I mean, Amanda Nunes is one, Alexis two, Valentina's three. Again, Whaley should be above Valentina. Yeah, so that's correct. But we shall see, man. It's crazy. And these rankings are dumb, but it's stuff to go off of, so there is that. So, we got the Ultimate Fighter cast revealed. Um, we talked about UFC 285. We analyzed the co-main event, the main event. The, uh, we previewed UFC Fight Night, Jan versus the Wallace, really. We previewed Bellator. That's all I got for you guys. Remember, follow me, Punch in the Mouth Official, official underscore PITM. The first one, Punch in the Mouth Official, is Instagram, official underscore PITM is Twitter. Peace, guys. Later. Deuces. Have a great day. Later.